Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals' 4-2 win. The excitement of that win didn't last long, Dave. A laundry list of injuries coming out of this one. Denard's fan on the DL with a left hip contusion is what they're calling it. Likely done for the season, according to reports out of the nation's capital tonight. Michael Taylor ran hard into the center field wall, a right knee contusion, really had a hard time even getting off the field there. I was surprised they didn't bring something out to help him. You know, Escobar hit by a pitch to force in the first run with the bases loaded earlier in the game. Right-hand contusion, he's day-to-day. It'll be a corresponding move for Span coming up, which is just really tough news for a guy who fought his way back and now is back on the DL, likely done for the season, and this free agency headed up next season, likely done with the Nationals at this point. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to get a, another curly W, but uh, um, really hard to feel good about the, the result of this game. I mean, like you said, uh, most likely the last time Nats fans will ever see Denard's fan in a, um, in a Nationals uniform. Uh, Michael Taylor, his replacement, limps off the field. Uh, you know, Escobar just having a tremendous season but just can't stay on the field for more than four or five games in a row. It's just uh, It's just been a really bizarre year this year for the Nationals with injuries. Uh, you know, obviously the first time all season long uh, on Tuesday they've had their, their full complement of players uh, and then have three go out today. It's just it's tough to take. It's tough to take if you're, um, if you're a fan of the team. It's tough to take if you're part of the organization. Obviously it's tough for the players. Um, you know, everybody's been saying, you know, that the Nats have been the most disappointing team um, all season long, and, and it's hard to argue that, but uh, but it's also easy to argue that the Nats haven't played this season because they just haven't been able to put their good team uh, on the field together all season long. Either somebody's been hurt or somebody's been trying to come back from being hurt. It's just um, it's just really uh, a lost season for this team. Yeah, I mean, we've had Mets fans popping up on our site to troll us and tell us that the Mets have dealt with their injuries. Everyone has dealt with their injuries, and the Nationals aren't alone in that. But it really has impacted this team significantly. And Mike Rizzo mentioned that in an article by Thomas Boswell tonight, saying that it's really kind of hard to judge what the Nationals have accomplished this year because they've done it with you know a lot of duct tape and string and whatever they could do to tie this roster together. Dog has a real big blow tonight, aside from losing Denard's fan, but he's been out most of this season, so it's kind of gotten used to him not being there. But Michael Taylor's been backing up and playing for Span in his spot in center field all season, two out in the seventh. Casey Jansen gives up a long fly ball by Melvin. Don't call me BJ up to junior. Taylor tracks it to the wall, uh, went in really hard, kind of looked like he was awkward but at the uh, very end there, slammed his leg hard against the wall, hit the ground hard too. I mean, he really, you don't like to see someone hit the wall that hard. The reaction wasn't good either. Really needed assistance getting off of there. Worth had to come over and eventually help him out. They got him out to the bullpen even to make it even easier. But 
just a really big blow for the Nationals if they're going to lose him for any length of time. We're not doctors. We don't have any access to the medicals, but it really didn't look good there, the way Michael Taylor was uh, limping off the field at the end. Yeah, you, you never know how much of that is just, uh, you know, sort of that, that initial shock and, you know, maybe he, uh, like, it, it whatever the funny bone is in your knee and your leg kind of goes numb, but you can shake it off after a while. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see tomorrow how bad it is. But, boy, that was – watching that replay a bunch of times and seeing – him run into the pad basically square on with his right leg and then coming down with uh, his right cleat caught in the padding, you know, ripped that slash in it. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, did it did it twist his ankle around? Did he just smack it? Did it do both? You know, I, I, I'm fully expecting them to be, you know, carrying him out of there and leaving the leg behind. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the fact that he was able to get out with both legs still attached to them, all right, we'll take that as a small victory. But uh, if the injury is serious and, and he's not just day-to-day and won't be able to play very much in the rest of the season, that, that'll be just yet yet another blow because Taylor has been a really nice story for the Nats. In a, in a season when uh, regulars have underperformed and, and people have spent so much time on a DL, uh, to, to see this player come up and have a, a good season and really step forward and and uh, show that he's ready for a major league role here. You know, someone that it certainly wasn't wasn't on my radar uh, coming into this season. You know, really a great story. And and if he were to miss the last, even of a, a season where, you know, that the, the Nats end up not going to the playoffs, uh, finishing the season without him will be very disappointing. And uh, just oh, not not the story we want to be telling at this point. Dave, another sort of out of nowhere good story for the Nationals this season. Joe Ross on the mound, a seven-inning outing versus Milwaukee last time out. One run allowed on six hits and a 6-1 win. I left him four and five on the year, 3-5-6 ERA, 3-2-6 FIP, uh, 235, 2-73, 3-85 line against, and 16 two-thirds innings pitched. Right-handed batters, a 190 average against them. Left-handers, 293 so far in 2015. So they're stacked a little bit with lefties in the Padres lineup. Solid outing again, though. Three scoreless and hitless on 35. The first hit is uh, by Corey Spangenberg, who takes third on a two-base throwing error by Wilson Ramos and scores on a sack fly. one nothing in the fourth. That's all he gives up, though, the one unearned run. 25 pitches total in the fifth and sixth. Retires six straight to end the night. 77 pitches after six innings. I think they probably got him out of there a little earlier than uh, you would expect because they're limiting his innings. He might not have too many starts left in him this year because he's already gone above what he's ever pitched in a major league season before. They've been openly talking about the fact that he's going to be shut down at some point, and Tanner Roark is in the minors kind of stretching out, most likely to take over that place. But a solid outing from Joe Ross again tonight. Really just showed promise and you know, good good view of the future, what this kid could do in the rotation for a full season next year. Yeah, you know, if, if Michael Taylor is, is feel-good story one for the Nats this year, then Joe Ross is feel-good story 1A. I mean, this is a guy, he, Doghouse said that he, you know, Michael Taylor wasn't on uh, wasn't on his radar. Joe Ross wasn't on anybody's radar, you know, at the start of this season. I mean, uh, you know, he was the quote-unquote throw-in uh, in, in the trade from San Diego and um, started the season at double-A, had never pitched above uh, double-A in, in, in his life, and 
uh, all he's done is come up and be a stabilizing force in this rotation, um, you know, first with, with the injuries and then with Doug Fister's inefficiency. Um, so it's just, it's great to see him continue to have success keeping the Nats in ball games, winning ball games. Um, you mentioned the, the pitch count, so he's going to be done very quickly here. Um, but just uh, just a tremendous story uh, to see Joe Ross uh, continue to thrive at the major league level, and it makes um, it makes losing Jordan Zimmerman and, and Doug Fister at the end of the season uh, a little bit easier to take. Doug, has a, what'd you see from Ross tonight? We got to see the elder Ross, Tyson Ross, on the mound last night. The really nice slider, fastball. Joe Ross, uh, mid nineties fastball. The last couple games, really kind of dialing it up a little bit. Still has that wipeout slider, and just another solid outing from him. And uh, just one hit allowed, and that one hit is a bunt single. It could have been a really big story, and I don't think the Nationals would have let him go too much further than he did, regardless of what was happening out there. But two walks, seven Ks on the night. Gets, where's his ground out totals? Uh, seven ground outs, two fly outs. Just another dominant outing from Joe Ross. Yeah, I, I can tell you that probably Matt Williams was secretly pleased that uh, that uh, he, he gave up that hit there because he, he probably didn't want to leave Ross out any any longer than he had to in, in the hopes that we'll be able to wring as many starts out of him as possible uh, going later into the season. But uh, uh, a great, efficient outing tonight, uh, as you were saying. Uh, a lot of giddy up on that fastball. If I can ch- channel my uh, inner Ray Knight there for a moment, uh, spotting <laughs> it well to both sides of the plate. Yes, he was trying to feel out the ever-shifting boundaries of Hunter Wendelstadt's drunken strike zone. Uh, <laughs> and and again, that that big sweeping slider. Uh, he got some very foolish-looking swings on it. Uh, just. You know, as as Dave said, a, a great story. This is a guy who comes up and is not afraid to pitch inside. Doesn't really get get uh, rattled. He has a, a terrific terrific demeanor on the mound. You know, just it looks like he's he's keeping everything together and, and is not afraid of any hitter who comes in front of him. Um, it's it's great to watch him pitch and to think that this this guy. You know he's he's in the rotation right now, and he's not a fill-in. He belongs in the rotation right now, and if he keeps growing as a player, well, I, I don't feel quite so bad about all the the free agency and inefficiency that we're seeing right now in the rest of the rotation. Just 22 years old too, which keeps on shocking me every time I see his age again. But Dave on the mound for the Padres, quite possibly the worst curly blonde mullet in the baseball. Andrew Kastner, that <laughs> scored. Four Four runs, three earned, and six innings when they faced them in Petco Park in mid-May. Five and twelve on the year. Four oh three ERA, three eight six two sixty three, three twenty five, four thirty one line against, and one hundred and forty five and a third before tonight. Four scoreless, but the Nats load him up with no one out in the fifth. Hit by pitch on Yunel Escobar. For God's sake, stop hitting Yunel Escobar. That forces a run in one to one at that point. Two to one on an RBI single by Ryan Zimmerman. 3-1 to one on a two-out home run by Jason Worth in the sixth. Cashner out after 121 pitches total. Five and, five and two-thirds, nine hits, three runs, three earned runs, three walks, six Ks. Nationals really ran that pitch count up on him. Ended up throwing 121 pitches total on the day in just five and two-thirds innings. They were able to knock him out and after they scored three runs on him. That was all they needed tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, Cashner's a, a bit of an enigma here. I mean, he has as much talent as anybody, any pitcher in the National League. I mean, he's got three-plus pitches. Um, it just seems like he doesn't know how to use them. Um, 
uh, you know, he throws uh, throws the, the breaking stuff in, in fastball counts, and um, and he had bouts of wildness, and um, obviously the hit pitch, and then he lost his focus and um, and worth with the home run. So uh, just uh, you know, and and you know, a little bit of a caveat here. I've owned Andrew Cashner on a couple of my fantasy teams the last couple of years, so my disappointment with him is more uh, more in that vein as as, opposed, as, a, as opposition pitcher. Um, just and I'm sure. Uh, the Padres' management is as frustrated with him as I am in my fantasy management of him. But um, but good to see work get a good pop on the ball. Um, the Nats had uh, 11 base hits and were able to score four runs off of those 11 base hits. So um, the offense, um, as it has of late, has got a little bit of a, a resurrection quality to it in itself. But, um, but once again, how strong is the offense when they're sending out a, a starting pitcher to pinch hit? <laughs> Castro is another one of those pitchers that I would like if it wasn't for his hair. But doghouse, really an odd situation in the third inning there. Jason Worth singles with one down. Anthony Rendon lines the center in the next at bat. Melvin, don't call me B.J. Upton Jr., uh, makes a sliding attempt at a catch, ends up trapping it. Uh, Jason Worth kind of hung up between first and second there. Looks like the, from the replays that the umpires didn't just didn't make a call, essentially. So Worth didn't know what to do, ends up getting tagged out there. So I'm after that inning having a little conversation with the umpires. You were unhappy with Hunter Wendell's bats kind of drifting a strike zone during the game. I think Worth was equally unhappy that they kind of left him hanging on that play and ended up getting tagged out because he just didn't know whether they called that a catch or not. Yeah, well, it turns out that Bach and Bob Davison had uh, had something of an umpire Bach there with that very late safe call. <laughs> No, it, 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 it was basically uh, BJ, or excuse me, whatever his name is now, was had got the ball and, and was back up with it throwing when the safe call came up. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to have two guys standing on first? Right? Are you going to run to second and, and guarantee an out? Uh, or, or, sorry, go back to first and guarantee an out or run to second and risk a double play? Uh <laughs> As as a base runner, you're just you're stuck there. There's there's nothing you can do. It's uh, it's it's like an outfield fly rule, maybe or something. <laughs> I'm not sure what how you how you actually compensate for for the the umpire mistake there, but or or the late call. Uh, yeah, there, there's there there was nowhere for work to go. Um, if, if he read the trap correctly, all right, he could have gone on to second and, and hoped that if it got called a catch that, uh, you know, they would make uh, make the appeal and, and get it right. But, you know, as, as, a, as a base runner, I, I don't know if he would really want to take that chance. Uh, a, a frustrating play there, and that this was certainly after the Nats were making Cashner throw a lot of pitches and getting on base, you know, it looked like he was going to wiggle out of it. And it was going to be another one of these frustrating outings where the, the Nats leave everyone and through crazy mishaps and shenanigans and unlikely Babbitt end up scoring nothing. Fortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, I, I'm glad we can put this little bit of weirdness behind us as just a little bit of weirdness instead of something I'm agonizing about as I put together my, my pitch FX plot of why Hunter Wendell said is a blind bomb. <laughs> they they get the 4-2 win tonight. They take 2-3 from the Padres. 
The Mets and Phillies are currently in the bottom of the 11th inning, still tied at 5-5. Five to five. If you don't look at the numbers and don't look at the standings right now, there's still a possibility that the Nationals are in this. We're trying to stay positive about this all, but they kind of put themselves in a big hole at this point. Where is your uh, positivity ranking at this point? Uh, are you considering the Nationals still in the hunt for this? Are you waving a white flag at this point? What are your thoughts going forward here? Well, theoretically, if they keep it to six games, um, they have six games left with the Mets. But uh, realistically, um, as we've been saying since the All-Star break, it's hard to make up um, a game a week um, realistically uh, down the stretch. And um, and that's where the Nets are at. I mean, they have to get hot in a hurry. And the Mets, frankly, have to fold. I mean, the Mets have to start struggling, and there's no indication of that um, coming at whatsoever. I mean, we make jokes that when we say the Mets Mets are never going to lose again, but they just aren't losing and they don't show any signs of it. And with that pitching staff, um, if they do start to struggle, they shouldn't struggle for very long. So um, we aren't talking about uh, collapses of historic proportion yet, but it's pretty darn close. Nats get the win tonight, 4-2. to two. Max Scherzer versus Adam Conley tomorrow night, the first game of three with the Marlins in D.C., 64-62 and 62 on the year after the win for the night. Uh, Nats Nightly is sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. That's all pulled for Michael Taylor tonight. Hopefully that knee injury isn't as bad as it looked because a guy that relies on speed and has that as such an important part of his game and his range out in the outfield, the knee injury would just be kind of devastating at this point for everyone involved. Matt Knightley signing off for the night. Let's hope Michael Taylor's okay. That's how that's how thought I'll end with. Go Nats. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.